Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Wednesday, the first day of uh, the SWAT meetings. Doug, how'd they go today? The first day. Wednesday. Oh, the first day of the week of SWAT meetings. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying the first day we were back. I was, no, like, no, I was no. a little confused. <laughs> yeah, it went out. It was good. Had a good group this morning and a good group at lunch today and uh, finished up Chapter 12 of uh, Acts, which is always interesting to me because uh, Herod gets eaten by worms. Mm-hmm. You don't hear that too often in the Bible, but uh, it's uh, pretty interesting. Herod thought he was going to stamp out. Uh, Christianity, uh, or at least uh, put a big damper on it by killing Peter and ends up dying in the end. So, uh, yeah, I learned something as I was studying to get ready for that that I never knew is that, uh, you know who his running buddy was when he was a kid growing up in Rome? Because he was educated in Rome. Herod Hmm. the Great killed his dad. And we'll talk about that next week. But uh, Caligula. No way, really. So if you know Roman history, I mean, this was his running buddy. How'd you like to have Caligula for your childhood <laughs> yeah. friend, man? Tells you something about him, too. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was good. But, uh, but it, but you know, before we did the lunch swat, I got this uh, text from you, which was surprising. It was, a, it was a news story, a national news story about a Florida school where these leaders held secret meetings with their a child, mm-hmm. basically, do you know how old the child was? Uh, I do not. But there there was a child in a Clay, I guess Clay County school. Yep. And uh, they were meeting with the child about the gender identity of the child without the parents mm-hmm. knowing about it. And uh, they only told the parents after the child attempted suicide. Yeah. Which is awful. And she tried to hang herself. I, that's unbelievable. That, I mean, to me, they, the, the parents ought to be able to sue the school over that. That's, that is, it, it is so wrong to be influencing a child like that with something is so uh, psychologically, uh, uh, you know, affecting a person. Yeah, they, they are, I think they have a lawsuit in federal court uh, over it. And then also there's legislation being pushed to make sure stuff like this doesn't uh, happen again. Um, so I think that's on the docket for this, uh, legislative session. I, I just want to know why teachers can't just teach math. Listen, I understand they, them wanting to get involved in kids' lives and be an influence. I, I had great teachers growing up. My teachers, I still remember their names, you know, Mr. Laird. I remember him. I remember, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Smith and Mr. Smith was a funny guy. He'd always say, you can't. Who with the owls at night and soar with the eagles the next day. <laughs> I heard and, that one. Yeah, he, he was good. Uh, but, you know, we had great teachers all through. I, I had good teachers in elementary school, and, and I just the teachers taught us 
and they were the caring people, but they didn't get off into politics. I don't ever remember political conversations with any of my teachers. Well, I think everything's become political, so that's one uh, component of it. You know, when you're in a culture war, everything kind of breaks down uh, along those lines. But also, you know, these people, uh, teachers, they got to get their degree uh, from an institution, and most institutions are pushing this type of stuff, and so uh, they're indoctrinated into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's not surprising that because not only are they indoctrinated to that line of thinking, but also that worldview. So when you accept that worldview and those premises, um, you think that you're doing what's best for a student, that you're being helpful, um, and stuff like that. And so unfortunately that's just kind of how they've been discipled. Well, and it's just really sad to me. And again, you know, this, this controversy continues to grow because it's, uh, it's it's being thrust down our throats, whether you agree with it or not. And uh, there's a father of a, a female swimmer up at the University of Pennsylvania mm. who basically said that his daughter and the other girls on the team are coming to the realization they're never going to make it to the winner's podium as long as the transgender guy yeah. is there. He, he's a man who says he feels like a female. And he try he dresses like a female, but he's a male, and he's got a different body type, and there's physically no way they can compete with that. I'm sorry. That's why in the Olympics for years and years and years and years and years and years, they've had men's events and women's events because there's just biological differences. And it's really kind of, you know, it's coming to a place now where the ludicrousness – of it ludicrousness is Mm -hmm. that right Uh, of of it can be seen well yeah i mean like i've said it before i think i got it from someone else but uh it apparently men are better women than women are you know that's really what's going on you you created women's sports to have women uh allow women to compete and have an opportunity and now uh for the sake of you know niceness or political correctness or whatever you want to call it you're destroying female sports you know You, you might as well just have everybody compete together and we'll see how that goes well and they're saying well they're going to have to you know one of the things they're going to do is test testosterone levels yeah well that that's you know that's a uh you know people say oh well if the testosterone levels aren't the same well there's physiological differences especially a boy well that's what i was talking yeah. about with the body type yeah yeah and that, everything. so it's not just testosterone right it, there's it's down to your very bones the way that you're made up uh mm-hmm. is is different and it's uh more uh adapted to you know physical feats and activities you know so have you seen the guy yeah. I, I mean like it, it, compared to the other mm-hmm. swimmers i mean it's ridiculous I, it really is i'm sorry it's just it, it's a ridiculous thing and in the name of political correctness they're doing it and it's just uh they they're saying that if he goes to the olympics he will wipe out all the female records in that category Oh, because he's he's a guy yeah Uh, Um, if you look at like the fastest female you know on the track fastest female ever um some of them the records that they have uh there's a like a couple hundred you know 100 high school boys who can beat every single one of those records you know what i mean (laughs) it's just well it it, i mean here's the thing and the father said it best he goes you know if it if it's a another girl it's one thing but when it's a guy it's it's not 
he's not winning because he's the pinnacle of the female swim team. He's winning because he's a male competing in a swimming, a female swimming event. But according to like when you get when you're given over to the spirit of the age, uh, that he is a woman, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you have to uh, uh, take the absurd and say that it's true. Otherwise, you know, you're a bigot or you're this and you're that. And so that's why so many people count out to it because oh, I'm not a bigot and. You know, uh, it, it started before really transgenderism came is that, you know, men and women were exactly the same in every single, you know, category, right? It's not just valued under God the same way, but no, exactly the same in everything. And so if that's the case, well, then a guy can just switch over and become a woman and it shouldn't be any big deal. So these are people who, you know, for generations now, uh, this type of thought has been pushed um, in the in the public at large. And, you know, that's we're, we're reaping the benefits. You never knew that Juana Man was going to become a reality, <laughs> did you? That's a good reference. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know. That was a movie about a a, bas- a male basketball player who got kicked out of the league. Yep. In order to play, he played as a woman. Yep, and, and he played and, in the WNBA. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just funny, but that's reality That today. movie could never get made. Oh, hey, oh yeah. You couldn't make it today because, it, well, I was telling guys uh, at SWAT today, if you go back and you look at the sitcoms, uh, whether it's All in the Family or MASH or whatever it is, in all those movies or, or sitcoms, uh, homosexuality was portrayed as as a as a as a, uh, a psychological dysphoria, a, a dis, you know, a disorder, because it was classified as a psychological disorder, and it still is. Except people have changed and tried to change it now where, no, it's not. It's just a matter of preference. And that's sparked over now into either even gender identity. So I just think that, you know, the place we're headed in a country, in our country, is a place where we said yesterday, you can choose to stand with truth or you can choose to um, ignore it. You can choose to step back and say, well, we're going to let those values influence us instead of standing for biblical values. The biblical values are the ones that, you know, as for me and my house, we're going to stand on those values. Uh, if, if, it, if it creates problems, it'll create problems. Uh, and I appreciate guys like John MacArthur and others who are standing up for those, those kind of things. But even like the um, some of the – you know, con- I don't know the what you would call it. It's not a conglomerate, but um, the co-ops of like Together for the Gospel oh, or mm-hmm. Gospel Coalition. Some of those, even some of those groups are are, are going woke in some sense. Yeah, you know, yeah. some of the mm-hmm. stuff that they're putting out, and it's very discouraging to see the church get sucked up into that vortex of political correctness or cultural pragmatism, whatever you want to call it. You know. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of people who have been solid on a lot of issues, um, who have kind of come out either soft or in favor of, you know, this woke stuff. Not really seeing the poison that it is, and it, it is a little confusing, I think, for most people. Well, the Shepherds Conference this year out in California is unashamed. That's the theme. Mm. Unashamed. They've got James Coates from Canada. He's going to be there. Bodie Bauckham's going to be there. Sweet. Uh, out cool. there. So, yeah. yeah, it'll be a good conference. All right. We're up against the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain that is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us this week, we are looking at Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, uh, talking about um, Peter and his imprisonment and rescue uh, by the Lord. And so we're going to dive into that and talk about what are we talking about exactly today? Well, right? yeah, we're looking at because uh, this is the last day that we're well, going to be able to. Well, right? y- you'll have uh, you'll have well, the last uh, day, day you're going. Yeah, be I, I'm going to be in Missouri, speaking at um, West Plains uh, Baptist Church in West Plains, Missouri. Uh, First Baptist West Plains is having a men's thing on Saturday. I'm speaking at, and I'll preach there Sunday, and uh, so I'm leaving tomorrow. But uh, David Gray will be in. He'll be in here with you tomorrow. And then Friday you have Jay Haig from Living Without Lust. He's got a conference coming up. That'll be a good conference, men, uh, to listen to. Um, Hey, before we get into, real quick, uh, the uncontested power of God uh, being a reason for us to trust him, uh, we need to pray. Uh, uh, Justice Breyer is stepping down. Mm Mm-hmm which um, paves a way for a, uh, another justice. My hope is uh, that uh, <laughs> uh, somehow it would be delayed, but I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably going to end up getting to a point of justice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, because we don't have the House and the Senate, uh, it'll probably, you know, he's going to be confirmed. Uh, whoever it, it'll or, be or she or he they're or saying she. that it's uh he has made a promise and they're trying to hold it hold them to that that it'll be a black female um so yeah they got a name in mind i forgot what it was but yeah that's probably who it's gonna be well anyway uh you know we can pray and rest in him like we're talking about today uh because his power is uncontested and so even if he looks like he may appoint somebody he may not who knows um, you know, we don't know what God's going to do, but I did want to, that was a 
the big news out today. We didn't mm-hmm. uh, didn't touch on that. Uh, and you know, it, it, it really at the it, at the end of the day, who's on the Supreme Court is not as important as who sits on the throne of all creation. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this week we've been looking at Acts twelve, which is uh, really. Uh, when the church is experiencing persecution specifically from Herod Agrippa here and uh, Herod Agrippa, like I was sharing earlier, was a running buddy with Caligula in Rome. What happened is Herod, Herod Agrippa's dad was uh, killed by his father, Herod the Great. And Mm -hmm. so they sent Herod Agrippa to Rome to be educated and, uh, I, I can't remember if it was Claudius or Gaius. One of them hated him. One of them liked him. And so when the one died, I think it was um, may have been uh, Gaius who didn't like him, and then Claudius uh, liked him. When one died and the other took power, he was kind of in. And he, that's when he started hanging with Caligula. He comes back. He's appointed a tetrarch, which is basically like uh, it's not truly a king it's kind of just he's put in power over an area, and um, he was ruling over a particular area in Jerusalem and that area, and he really wanted to uh, win the favor of the Jews, and so he killed James, the son of Zebedee. And in doing that, the crowd was really excited. The Jewish people were excited about that and happy, which shows you how far they'd come. This was about 10 to 12 years after uh, the crucifixion of Christ. So you remember the church was birthed there in Jerusalem, and it was growing for a while. But now uh, the persecution uh, grew when Saul was kind of leading it. And then Saul gets converted, but the persecution didn't stop. And so Herod's just stepping in, and to do the Jews a favor, he says, I'm going to kind of take care of these leaders, and they uh, responded in such a positive way with James that he said, okay, I'm going to go after Peter. But it was uh, the Passover, and he goes, I can't kill him unless the attention's on me and him. I want everybody to see this. They didn't have CNN or Fox News or whatever. (laughs) So he wanted everybody to be aware of what was going on and make a big deal about it. So he put him in jail, guarded him with four squads of soldiers that's what we're looking at this week because when you look at those odds it looks like he's done i mean peter looks done um james is dead he just got beheaded and herod throws him in jail and peter knows what's coming because even in the verse you read at the very end uh acts 12 right at the end of 11 it when it says i'm sure Peter, Peter's making this statement when he came to himself. He says, I'm sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Well, what did they expect? They expected him to kill him. Mm-hmm. And so he looked done in the eyes of the world. He looked done to those around him. Uh, and in those situations, a lot of times it's hard to trust. You may be dealing with something in your life. And it's so overwhelming. It's so difficult. You see no way out. You see no way to defeat this problem on your own. And it just looks like you're done. That's when God wants us to cry out to him. 
and he wants us to first rest in his strength, his strength. Uh, It's because his power is uncontested, and that's what we're talking about. There's nobody that can overpower God. Uh, we, I think I mentioned yesterday, did I mention Romans 8.31 yesterday? Did I bring that up? That um, What shall we say then if God's for us, who can be against us? Paul's saying if God is on your side, if you are standing with God, there's no greater power source in the universe than that. And I, I just, there's a difference, though, I think, between us talking about that and really believing that as a core value what we believe what we really believe is what we t- typically act on that's how we act out in our life so it's not just a matter of saying we believe it it's answering the question do we really believe it and you know paul tacks on at the end of romans 8 in verse 32 he says he who didn't spare his own son but gave him up for us how will he not also with him graciously give us all things in other words if he didn't spare his own son, if he let him die, then what's he going to withhold from us? He's saying that, that he loves us so much that we don't have to fear. We can rest in his strength, but I don't know that we always do that. I think that we we would like to believe it. And I think, Taylor, I may have alluded to this yesterday, that a lot of times it's not that we don't believe that God's all-powerful. We just don't know if he's gonna he's gonna do what we want him to do. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. I think that yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah, I think that we a lot of times you know I guess a different way of saying it we want to do things that maybe God doesn't have in mind for us, and so uh, in that regard we doubt, right? Yeah. Um, because we we don't really we're not really concerned with the will of God or anything like that. We're concerned with oh i want to go do this and i think it would be good but i haven't really you know consulted uh god about where he wants me and what's best for his kingdom that i do so yeah when we're in difficult situations um and we and we're faced with something that's beyond our control a lot of times i think the fear Mm. creeps in that we're going to lose something that we really want to keep um, or God may take us into a direction we really don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And so the fear is not necessarily that God's not all-powerful. The fear is that he's taking me to a place I don't want to go or taking something away from me I don't want to lose. Yeah, the fear is that he is all-powerful. Yes. And some, you know what I mean? That, oh, he's all-powerful, and I'm going to have to go to this place that I don't want to go. And But in some yeah. sense, that alludes back to the garden. Mm-hmm. to where Eve was tempted by Satan whispering, if he really loved you, if he really loved you, he he wouldn't. You know what? Uh, and and I, if I've heard this once, I've heard it a dozen times. You know, you, you know, I think God doesn't want me to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm serious. People say that all the time who in the midst of whatever they're going through choose to walk away from God's standards because they presume upon his grace. Yeah. And, and they, and that's, that's a, that's a big step. I don't think we give that step, uh, enough weight in our life. 
You know, I mean, we, we treat, you remember I said that quote by uh, the guy over in England um, last week. There, there's three things you don't want to trifle with, a little false teaching, a little poison, and a little sin. There's no such thing as a little sin. I mean, like if, if you if you know God doesn't want you to do something and you keep pushing to do it and you just rationalize it away, Especially with the, you know, I don't think God would want me not to be happy, right? That That's holding happiness up as, you know, almost the end-all, be-all, which is that that's taking the outlook, the worldview of the world, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's not uh, compatible with a biblical worldview, that happiness is the end-all, be-all. So that's a really dangerous place to be, yeah. to, to presume upon uh, that, and, and that's what God wants for you, you know? Yeah, that, um, and... I, I would. I heard a guy say one time uh, that, you know, it's not that God doesn't want you to be happy; He wants you to be happy in Him. Mm. That's that's the key. Is He wants you to be happy in Him? Uh, John Piper wrote a book called Desiring God, uh, where he took the uh, chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, and he said the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying Him forever. And I think too often we see God as a burden or an obligation instead of who he is, a father who cares for us, who's the best thing we got going in our life. If you're his, there's nothing better than him. Yeah. Yeah, Nothing. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, it, can, there's a difference between contentment and joy and happiness, right? Happiness is fleeting. Contentment and joy, that's something that's found in, in Christ, and that's going to uh, pervade despite the circumstances. You know? yep. So I think that's something that we kind of forget sometimes. Yep. All right, we are up against the news break. We will be back with more in just a second. Before we go, I'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A Store and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G at SWATradio.com. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Radio. That is David Crowder with All My Hope. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 this week. If you have missed any of this program or have you missed uh, the other two programs in the week, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Click on the past programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including this one, in just a few hours. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. You know, um, we're looking at Acts 12, and just uh, remember, um, 
Peter had already been in jail twice. Mm. This was not an unfamiliar place for him. Uh, and the second time, remember, he bolted, right? Or was it the first time he bolted in Acts? No, it was the second time. He had already been arrested by the authorities twice. And remember, you had forgotten yesterday Yo, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that he, he, he walked out. Mm-hmm. Him and John were in the temple teaching. Um, but this was a different time. James had been killed. And that had to be a pretty big thing because they were close. He, James, and John, mm-hmm. except when they were fighting about who was in charge. <laughs> uh, but at this point, I think they were fairly close. And um, it had to be a pretty alarming thing. Uh, but, you know, it said that they were praying for him. People were praying for him. He knew people were praying for him. Um, and he was probably thinking about some of the things that Jesus had taught them. You know, like in Matthew 28, where he says, I'm with you always, even in jail cells. Mm. Um John Monger told me many times about how he just felt the presence of the Lord when he was there. And uh, sometimes um, I remember one time, I think I told you this, he, he was, it was cold and he was struggling because they didn't have a lot of clothes, you know, on him mm-hmm. over there in the prison. And they were, they were beating him one night and when they would beat him, the blood rushing to the site of wherever they were beating him caused him to be warm. It was like a warm feeling, mm. you know. And he said he was thanking God for the warmth as he was being beaten because he wouldn't reject Christ wow. and deny Christ. Uh, I mean, that you talk about perspective mm-hmm. and being grateful and think about what we complain about and think about the things that we complain about. Here's this brother being beaten because he won't deny Jesus and he's cold. And instead of complaining about the guy beating him, mm. he's thanking God for the warmth that the beating's bringing. <laughs> it's like, that's just convicting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That really makes you think. <clears throat> yeah, it, it does. And, um, you know, uh, God sent this angel to release Peter to take him. And, you know, I think sometimes we don't think about angels too much. You know, the Israelites, they thought about them all the time. That angels were a part of their story all the way back in the Old Testament and all throughout Scripture. We see angels. They're God's messengers. And, you know, even over in um, Hebrews, I remember when we were teaching through Hebrews and just talking about the angels because some people, one of the arguments in Hebrews 1 is some people, you know, were Jesus was greater than the angels, you know, and uh, they. But there's a there's some mention in about angels being servants in Hebrews one, and uh, in in verse fourteen, uh, it, it he said, "Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve?" for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. He's talking about angels there. They're ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. And I don't think we grasp that a lot. I don't think we think about angels being dispersed to serve 
on 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 our behalf. You know, do you think about that? No. <laughs> yeah, it does not enter my everyday thought for sure. Isn't that crazy? But it's a reality. Mm-hmm. God sends them, and when we go through a difficult time, is our first thought, man, I wish God would send an angel. Mm-hmm. We don't. We we. It's almost like we don't even believe in angels today. We're too sophisticated to believe in angels. Yeah. I, I, you know, for me, it's a, probably a lack of understanding of, you know, how they really you know, what, you know, of, of their function, how they work, you know, and then there's also, uh, I would probably want to, well, I don't want to say it was an angel that, you know, you know, that helped me in this situation. Cause I don't know, you know, you know what I mean? And, but I think that has not always been the case in the church, uh, that there's been a lack of understanding about, you know, angels. And in, in Acts five, you remember the first time Peter was released from prison, like when he got out, in the middle of the night, it says Acts five nineteen. During the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. I mean, it was an angel then. Um, over in Acts eight, remember when Philip's on the road, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, "Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem." Uh, Acts chapter ten. You know, about the ninth hour, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come to him and say, Cornelius, Cornelius sees an angel. Why? Why did an angel come? Because he was one of God's children who would inherit salvation. Um, you know, I mean, that, that, and it says when the angel who spoke to him departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. That's, that's uh, Cornelius. I mean, so an angel was sent to Cornelius. He wasn't even a believer yet, but he was one of the ones who would inherit. Isn't that crazy? And we don't even think about angels that much. And we think about, I got a guardian angel. No, Hmm. the the angels are sent as ministering spirits on behalf of God's work when he wants to protect one of his children, uh, when he wants to um, maybe do some damage like that one angel that wiped out 185,000 Assyrians. Mm. I mean, that, that, that was protecting God's kids too. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, angels have been part of the Jewish story and our story for, for a long time. And, um, you know, God disperses them. He's, uh, he sends them out to do things, go do these things. But we, I'm just trying to make the point. We don't think about them. I mean, you and I both love the Bible. We've been taught the Bible. We teach the Bible. But we don't even think about them. Like when we, if we have a bad time, we don't think, man, God, I wish you'd disperse some angels. We should. For the brothers and sisters who are struggling, who are being persecuted, we should pray, God, send angels to minister to them. You know, angels minister to Jesus in the desert. You know, after the temp, you know, when he was tempted there. Mm-hmm. So, um, does God need him? No, God doesn't need him, but he chooses to use him, and his word has authenticated that. And so uh, you think it's a, a, a lack of, especially in the West, a, a lack of really even thinking or a, a lot from the pulpit, even teaching about spiritual warfare and, and kind of what's uh, going on there. Cause you know, I think of uh, angels and stuff. I think about, uh, wasn't it Daniel who prayed and the angel was delayed for, however many days to get him because 
You know, there was just intense fighting. You know, so like I think stuff like that. It's just we don't really focus on it at all, and, and probably a little bit is from uh, a a cult, the culture that we live in. That's you know, we're not talking we're, about anything. We're, about we're, that. we're too sophisticated, yeah, yeah. man. I, I really do. I believe that because angels, you know, they they play a very important role as God's ministers, and uh, you know, when you just you stop and think about them as um, they carry out God's will and they, um, you know, the good angels are the ones that serve him, but there's evil angels that serve Satan, the demons, you know, and, but they're all throughout scripture and they worship God, you know, from revelation, they sing praises to God. Um, and so, um, anyway, uh, if, if there's lots of verses, um, <laughs> First Corinthians four nine pops into mind for I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all like men sentenced to death. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthians because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. Angels watch us. Isn't that interesting to think about? Yeah. That, I mean, we we just don't even think about these things. Um, when Ephesians 3.10, so that the, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Hmm. You know, you just think think about angels um, and, and the fact that they're watching things happen, you know. Um, so I, I just think, as I was reading about this thing in uh, Acts 12, I was just thinking about the fact that Angels were so normative for the Jewish people. It didn't, you know, that that when he writes it, he doesn't even give any big explanation. Just an angel did this or that. And for most believers, if I said, "Hey, um, man, I was in a bind the other day, and an angel helped me out," <laughs> you'd laugh and go, "Okay, he's a little nuts." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. we don't think about it, but it's a biblical reality. Would you agree with that? Yeah. It's a biblical reality, uh, but we just don't talk about it that much because some people take it to an extreme and mm-hmm. they they go overboard yeah, with, true. with bad theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not your personal angels. Yeah. They're not servants for you. They're servants of God. And so, um, but uh, they've given messages on behalf of God to, humans and um you know they told people where they should go and and i read that verse in hebrews 114 are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit i think that's a very instructive verse for us um you know and even you remember the story of uh, lazarus and, and the rich man the poor man died and was carried by angels to Abraham's yeah. side. You know, uh, that's kind of mm. cool to think about, isn't it? Yeah. That when you pass, that angel's going to carry you. You know, Jesus that's... was telling the story. Yeah, so right. He says this is good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty. I, I never really thought about that aspect of the, of the uh, parable there, but that is something to think about. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken. That is Even If by Mercy Me. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. We just uh, ended the break, talking or got into the break, talking about um, angels. And if you would like to join any part of the discussion, uh, anything that we've talked about lately, have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, um, we were talking about angels. Do you know there's only three angels mentioned in the Bible? Gabriel, Michael, Lucifer. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, but uh, yet, you know, angels are mentioned like something like 270, 200 or close to 270 times, maybe. Uh, and they're in uh, over 30 books of the Bible. Angels are mentioned. Hmm. So over half the Bible is, is you know, uh, you, you've got angels mentioned throughout. And, uh, you know, there's no way to know how many angels there are, but Jesus said he could call legions Yeah, and legions were big. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, so that's a lot of angels. And if one of them can wipe out 185,000, can you imagine legions? So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's just kind of interesting to think of, you know, we, Sometimes when we get into the text, we go through the text and we just blow over stuff and don't really think about it. And I was just really thinking about the the fact that this angel twice now has delivered him from prison. I wonder if it was the same one. Hmm. You know, yeah. I, I, mean, just, I think about things like that, wondering if it was the same angel that came um, and, and released him. If Peter's like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm just <laughs> thinking, you know, because he was in prison twice and. Uh, now this guy left him, and then it says he left. Once he got him out of prison, he he didn't hang around. He left him, and he went he went to the house there and knocked on the door. And it says, "I'm sure the Lord has sent His angel." He knew who the angel 
uh, or where the angel came from. And so, um, yeah, I just thought that'd be kind of an interesting. And it's interesting thought. with angels as well is like, yeah. I think I just, you know, I'm a history guy, right? So thinking about how people lived back in the day, the world was a lot bigger, um, a lot more mystery, uh, I think in it. And because of that, there was a little bit more of a, uh, a thinking about God. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, when we think about angels and stuff, uh, that thinks, makes us think about higher things and think about the spiritual and think about God as well. And, and in that way, you kind of get the sense of what uh, people back in the day, um, how they might have felt about God. Well, um, if you go to Psalm 34, 7, it says, um, you know, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers him and delivers them. Uh, Think about that for a second. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. And he's talking about what we're talking about, that, that God is all powerful and he can disperse a powerful servant, more powerful than any force on earth. I mean, I don't, do you know one human being that can wipe out 185,000 men who are trained in battle? Uh, no, that's a divine supernatural power. And an angel has got that much strength and power and God can disperse them when needed, whenever they're needed. I got a question for you. So when it says, you know, in the old Testament, the angel of the Lord, do you think there's any differentiation between that and an angel? You know what I'm saying? Because I've heard people say, oh, or speculate maybe that the angel of the Lord is, you know, uh, was Christ or or something like that. Is there anything well in, in the history that's you know talked about that, or any uh, I guess historical um, belief or or any church fathers that talked about that ever, or is that just kind of people? Well. It says, it, well, I, I think um, when you when you go and look at the Hebrew, like of specifically that verse 34, 7, mm-hmm. it, it's basically, the, it's from a, a, a root meaning to dispatch as a deputy. Hmm. Okay. Um, that, that, that in that particular uh, verse, uh, I, I would have to go back and look at every, you know, usage of it. I, I think you're right. Oh, there are times where people like treat a, the angel of the Lord, like when in the fire, like, it, well, and let go to, uh, you know, if you go to, um, to Daniel chapter three, Shadmach, Shadrach, Meshach, mm-hmm. and Abednego, mm-hmm. uh, and Daniel three, when they were cast into the fiery furnace, and it said they saw one that looked like a son of God with them. A lot of people think that was a uh, pre-incarnate Christ. You know, uh, it, it was Christ who was there in the fire with them. Um, you know, it said when when Nebuchadnezzar went to the door, um, you know, it's he said, I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire. They're not hurt. The appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Mm. Well, there's no, it, 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 there's no mention there that there's not an angel mentioned there, but some people think it's an angel. Some people think it was a pre-incarnate Christ in the fire. I, 
I believe that it was the latter, that a pre-incarnate Christ that was there with them in the fire. Um, but, you know, as far as just the angel of the Lord, I, I you know, I, I think, I don't mean, you know, the other place that uh, we looked at is uh, over in Second um, Kings 19. You know, we talked about that earlier this week. In 1935, where one angel, it says that night, the angel of the Lord. And again, it's the same word, uh, which means basically uh, um, a dispatch as a deputy. You know, that to, that's what that root means when it says an angel of the Lord. Um, so, you know, I some people think it's a, it could be a pre-incarnate Christ with those, but I, I tend to think of it as talking about a messenger. So it's an angel dispatch from the Lord, from Yahweh. Yahweh sends a messenger out, the right. angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord, you know. Okay, so, yeah, so it, it might just be a difference in translation in the, you know, the article, the verse, and, you know what I mean, just the way that's translated. But, you know, there's like uh, in the burning bush, uh, it says mm-hmm. the angel of the Lord. And you know, there's just a few references that I've heard people, uh, you know, kind of, uh, try to equate or say, well, maybe this is uh, a pre-incarnate Christ, but it sounds like what you're saying is that, you know, the and and, and just, that's just kind of how it's been translated, but they're kind of interchangeable. Yeah. In I, well, I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, you know, um, well, like in, in the, in the particular text we're looking at over in Acts chapter 12, when it talks about an angel, uh, uh, the word is angelos, which is messenger, right? I mean, it's it's a messenger. Uh, the, the word means a like a, it could mean a human serving as an envoy, somebody who's sent. Mm-hmm. That's the Greek word. But in, in the Old Testament Hebrew, they don't even use that root anymore, but it meant someone dispatched, like a dispatch. You know, like they dispatch a rider to go carry a message. That's what the Old Testament meant. So... All right, cool. Well, I was just curious. I, you know, I'd have to go back and look because I thought there was a few different references of, you know, maybe the angel of the Lord um, telling people that their sins, you know, taking away sins and stuff. So I, I don't really remember exactly everything that I had seen, but that was just kind of came to mind as uh, I was looking at the passage and it said, an angel of the Lord. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'd heard that about the Old Testament, never seen it in the New Testament uh, yeah, you about don't, the you, angel of the Lord. So yeah, I, you don't see that in the New Testament, do you? No. Yeah. So anyway, well, something to uh, look into more. Well, uh, I mean, the, if again, an angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, it, I, I, I would probably, if you use the definite article, the the translators are using that. It, it could be uh, at the very minimum distinguishing one angel separate from another. In other words, like this is the angel of the Lord sent out. Like mm-hmm. if that's used, like he, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of a good modern uh, equivalent, but like if, if a general has, you know, if, if he's going to send somebody out, it's this guy. Does that make sense? And so when it says the angel of the Lord, um, uh, the angel of the Lord speaks as God and identifies himself with God and exercises the responsibility of God. I think you may be thinking about, um, 
in Genesis 16 where the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and then uh, so I, I I was looking up a little bit too. There's a few different references. So like in Zechariah three four, the angel of the Lord takes away the sin of the high priest Joshua. Uh, Zechariah uh, one twelve, the angel of the Lord pleads uh, with the Lord to have mercy on Jerusalem and the cities of Judah. And then there's a reference in Judges about uh, Mona Manoah M A Manoah. Yeah, thought that he and his wife would die because they'd seen the face of God after. The angel of the Lord appeared well, to him. So I, I, think, I, I think the most compelling one about uh, pre-incarnate Christ uh, would be, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like, okay, the yeah, uh, that that one is that that one would definitely lend itself to that. But, um, you know, when uh, Judges two. It says the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and he said, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you into the land that I swore to give your fathers. Well, no angels swore to mm-hmm. give. So if, if there's that language associated with it, then I think you can pretty much say, yes, that the angels speaking first person right. from the perspective of God, that's more than likely the, the um, uh, pre-incarnate Christ. Yeah. All right, cool. That's just a question I had. Just a That's thought. a good so, question. Yeah. Really good question. All right, that is all the time we have for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirit.